From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Journalist, novelist, and public speaker Masha Hamilton is the John E. Nance writer in residence with the Thurber House and will appear with Evenings with Authors on November 14th. Ticket information is available at crafttheshow.com. Welcome to Craft, Masha Hamilton. Thank you for having me, Doug. Well, can you give us a preview of your talk on November 14th, which I believe will cover your fifth novel, What Changes Everything, which is an exploration of America's complicated relationship with Afghanistan? Well, you know, I, uh, yeah, it's kind of about war and conflict and how people who are not at the front lines are changed by war. I started covering conflict as a young journalist because I thought that in conflict, people were somehow, they became almost the perfume of themselves, the essence of themselves in that, in that period of stress. And I wanted to see that. Um, and I covered conflict largely in the Middle East. Uh, but was also in Moscow during the collapse of communism when there was some struggle and conflict as well, and then started going to Afghanistan uh, first in 2004 and and continued to go there, uh, served with the U.S. Embassy for a year and a half there in 2012 and 13. Um, so what changes everything is really about those people not at the front line, but who are changed by by the waves of conflict as they come kind of through our, our, our country and our society. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned uh, that you believed uh, that it showed the essence, the perfume of the person, uh, as you put it, in times of conflict. How has that been revealed to you? Do you still hold to that? Uh, do you think there's something else going on? No, I do. I think that often periods of conflict separate out the banal for us. We in those moments, really understand what's important. I, I, for example, become at least for a while a little less likely to worry about about nonsense. That that fades over time, but but you have it. And so I've seen people exhibit um, incredible grace at at such trying moments, and and it never fails to move me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I think in media we see uh, journalists doing the work that uh, you did in Afghanistan and uh, the Middle East. Uh, it's sort of like there's also an adrenaline to it, um, and I've heard them called adrenaline junkies. Is that something that was motivating for you, the the excitement of being in a, a place like that, which would, I was want to say, terrify me and I would leave? <laughs> you know, it's something I explored in my second novel called The Lust of the Eye. Well, not called, I'm sorry, that was... I was renamed The Distance Between Us, but I always called it The Lust of the Eye because that's kind of what it, that gets to that need to see something like this, The Lust of the Eye. Um, But I don't know if that is exactly what motivated me, although I do understand that you do feel like your life has meaning and you are sitting at the, uh, you know, on front row seats on, on the biggest show in, in the area or in the world or whatever, to watch the collapse of communism, um, to be there for the first intifada. Those were pretty big things to observe, um, that taught me a lot. And, and they wipe out the more commonplace concerns of the day. Mm-hmm. When you say it taught you a lot, can you share some of the things that you felt that it, it taught you to be in places like that? Like uh, the Intifada uh, just seemed an amazingly dangerous uh, time uh, to be around that area. 
you know, again, it's kind of that you observe people being who they really are uh, without persona um, and, and really getting to what matters. And it causes you to reflect on your own experience in that kind of way, too. You know how we can get caught up in stuff that really doesn't matter, and we can we can waste days worrying about crazy things that really aren't important. And, and it has a clarifying effect, I think. Um, that's one of the things. Being in Afghanistan for that year and a half with the embassy taught me other things, um, too. But, but that's one of the things, anyway. You're also a, a teacher, and you've done many residencies, and you teach fiction, nonfiction, and business writing. Which of these do you most eagerly anticipate doing, and why? No, I love them all. I, I think they're all actually, even business writing, they're different forms of self-expression that allow us to understand ourselves better because as we're forced to uh, to express ourselves, we get there. Even with business writing, I have my students uh, pick three words that describe who they are in their business lives and not to use the word professional and then to go from there and you know write a letter to their boss about something they're proud of and then go from there and imagine their dream job in anything, even if it's not realistic. And, you know, it's we do get to actual emails and tone and audience, but we also really do some self-exploration of, of their own voices in that. And, of course, I love reading novels in progress and I love reading nonfiction essays. I think there, there there's an, a search for this kind of truth in all of these writings that, that moved me. Do you find that it's uh, difficult or more difficult with one group than the other to get them to open up? I mean, I've taught business writing and uh, I, and creative writing, and I've found that you know creative writers, um, perhaps by nature, tap more easily into their own sort of emotional thing. It's, and I, business writing, which I actually like quite a bit, um, I found it was a lot harder to get them to, you know, to sort of crack open the shell. And I don't know if that's an experience that you've had when teaching those different groups. Yeah, it's a great question, you know, and I think that they can walk into the class not expecting this to be asked of them, whereas right. creative writers come in knowing that, that, they're, that they're after, that they have to dig deep and they're after a truth. But I have had some amazing experiences in business writing classes where if I'm... Um, willing to uh, listen and to show a bit of myself um, and to be patient, uh, kind of incredible things happen in the course of, of improving our business writing. Masha Hamilton, you've also founded two international literary nonprofits. One is the Camel Book Drive, and another is the Afghan Women's Writing Project. Tell me about these nonprofits. Um, the Camel Book Drive sprung out of my third novel, I'm sorry, counting in my mind, um, the Camel Bookmobile, which was inspired by a real camel library that operated in northeastern Kenya near the border with Somali, Somalia, serving primarily Somalis, uh, pastoralists. And after the novel was written and actually uh, purchased by HarperCollins, and in the final editing stages, I decided to go see the real Camel Library and travel with it and discovered that they badly needed books um, in English, which is the language of, of the government and of education there, but also in uh, Swahili and Somali. 
And when I came back, I sent some books from my own family. But then I decided to sort of start a, a just I thought maybe if I could get 10 or 12 authors to join in with me, we could send them some books. And I, I offered to put um, their latest book and a link to their website up on a uh, WordPress site that I sort of built myself very, you know, awkwardly and was amazed that something like 200 authors ended up reaching out to me, many of them, and taking part in sending books to the to the Camel Bookmobile. And they, the Camel librarian named me the head, no, the mother, he called me, the mother of the Camel Bookmobile. Um, kind of, I don't know how I feel about that phrase, but that's all right. <laughs> it, uh it, it was it was a very moving experience, and the Afghan Women's Writing Project sprung out of. I, I went a number of times to Afghanistan, and and then in 2010 decided to teach an online class to some of the women I'd met because I felt their voices were in danger. They didn't have an outlet for their voices at that time. They really do now, but they didn't then. Um, so I offered to teach a 10-week online class. I had taught online classes plenty of times, and I worked out where they could have access to a computer and blah, blah, blah. And I realized very quickly that 10 weeks was not going to be enough for them and that there were more who wanted, and I didn't know what to do. And again, began reaching out to my fellow authors, you know, memoirs, poets, journalists, novelists, essayists, and saying, would you be willing to volunteer for a month? And got so many people that we were able to open um, three online workshops. And someone stepped forward, a, a lovely screenwriter in L.A., and said, hey, I'm a man, but would you be willing to work with me? I'll set up your website. And he set up the website, and, um, and we kind of built a bridge. It, it had ramifications that I, I didn't anticipate when I began it um, and was a way for them to uh, have an outlet for their own voices and an audience to reach them. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the things you said uh, ramifications you didn't expect? What were the things that happened out of that that were surprising to you that you didn't expect? From this side, um, they touched they touched American readers in ways that I wasn't thinking about when I started. American readers felt that they understood more of the Afghan woman experience through this. The women themselves gained confidence, and in gaining confidence, they I observed, bit by bit as I knew them, they took more control of their own lives. Uh, they decided things that, that they hadn't. The way that exploring your own voice can, uh, it did this for them. Masha Hamilton, I thank you very much for talking to me today, and we'll look forward to your appearance with Evenings with Authors on November 14th at the Thurber House, which is conveniently a couple of weeks after Halloween at the Thurber House, uh, where all the ghosts come in. Uh, and will be a great experience for you. So we'll be able to see you following that experience. Thank you, Doug, very much. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative. <laughs>